My name is Rob Targos. I was born in the 1970s with cerebral palsy. I came in like a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball into my family's life, even though I was born this way, like the Lady Gaga song says. I have used my cerebral brain against the palsy. My family often did not know how to handle me, and often I did not know how to handle myself. I also appeared as an extra on the TV show Sesame Street and Rump Room in the 1970s. I grew up feeling like I was never enough. I often represented threats for myself, my family, my friends, and even my community just by walking down the street or just going down the stairs. I was often misunderstood just by standing up. I grew up before the Americans with Disabilities Act was passed in 1990. For me, my crutches are now the tools and devices I use to navigate the world. I became moderately successful in my first job after college as a web production assistant for Nickelodeon in 1995 and since then. I want to continue to add tools and experiences to the conversations between families, friends, and anyone who's interested in hearing about disabilities, vulnerabilities, and in my do-it-yourself or DIY arena. I want to promote participation, reasonable dialogue, and other things between people to manage difficult disability discussions. So take a walk, ride, stroll, or just listen as you take hold and engage because you are now entering the Cerebral Podcast. Joke of the day comes from legendary comedic actor Dick Van Dyke. From 1961 to 1966, Dick Van Dyke starred in the CBS sitcom The Dick Van Dyke Show in which he portrayed comedy writer Rob Petrie. He talks about comedy writer Carl Reiner, who created The Dick Van Dyke Show, and how Carl Reiner described the transition that children make into adults. Carl understood there's no such thing as an adult. An adult is his costume and mannerism that the kid puts on in order to make it through life. Thought of the day comes from actor Robert Downey Jr. talking about playing the conflicted character of Iron Man. Playing someone who's conflicted and conflicted for the right reasons and doesn't see the potential that they have and then starts living in accordance with a code is a great old-fashioned theme. Welcome to episode 19. Thank you for joining me today. Over the last year, I have been taking courses at Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, Virginia, 
around leadership, education, and neurodevelopmental disabilities. There are 52 LEND programs in 44 states. One of the goals of the program includes advancing interdisciplinary knowledge and skills for children and families and professionals managing developmental disabilities. I particularly learned a lot about speech and language pathology. Listen to previous episodes and find out how oxymorons and other literary devices helped me cope with life before the ADA. I learned a lot about the least restrictive environment that was part of the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. The LRE mandate was part of the IDEA in 2004. I wanted to talk through a couple of different strength-based social-emotional learning strategies. In my last job, I handled quality control initiatives for a digital learning platform. Daniel Goleman is an author and science journalist. With his book, Emotional Intelligence, he expanded and popularized emotional intelligence as a part of school and, and a curriculum-based approach to learning. One framework on emotional intelligence is the Positive Youth Development Framework. Also known as PYD, it focuses on adolescent learning through the five C's. The first C is competence, which refers to positive views and performance in social, economic, cognitive, health, and vocational domains. The second C in the five C's is confidence, which is the overall sense of positive self-worth. The third C in the five C's is connection. Connection is the positive reciprocal relationships with peers, family, school, and community members. The fourth C is character. Character is defined as acting within the moral or societal or cultural expectations. The fifth is caring. Caring is showing or having compassion toward others. The PYD model aligns the strengths and assets of the youth with external resources. The second social-emotional learning strength-based approach is the collaborative for academic and social emotional learning also known as castle the organization uses a evidence-based approach to support education for students by starting in elementary school it prepares the whole student with knowledge and experience to equip them for success through high school and in life. The five components of CASEL are number one, self-awareness. 
Self-awareness is the ability to recognize your own emotions, your own strengths, and your own weaknesses. The second component is self-management. Self-management is the ability to recognize your own thoughts and your own emotions and behaviors. The third component is social awareness. Social awareness is the ability to understand cultures, beliefs, and feelings of different people in the world around them. The fourth component is relationship skills. Relationship skills is the ability to communicate effectively, work well with peers, and build meaningful relationships. The fifth component of CASEL is responsible decision making. Responsible decision making is the ability to make plans and follow through on safety, moral, and ethical standards. It also includes contributing to the safety and well-being of others. I like the CASEL model because it is collaborative between academic and social-emotional learning. It promotes specific skill development and behavioral change through teaching and practicing. Starting with this episode, I am introducing a new concept. ROPE is an acronym based on the literary theory of the rite of passage experience. Rites of passage engagement involves a process of managing personal change and environmental factors through an experience. Most rites of passages fall into three phases, separation, transition, and incorporation. In the separation phase, the participant is taken away from his or her family or environment and the former role and enters a very different and sometimes new or uncomfortable routine that they are forced to adjust to and become familiar with. A common example of a rite of passage is riding a bike. For me, the first memory I have that was a rite of passage was learning to walk with my crutches. I need to be vulnerable for a minute because it wasn't until writing this that I realized that I had training canes. In other words, the crutch that I use in the podcast logo was not my first pair of crutches. The first pair of crutches were four prong quad canes. I remember that I moved my arms and legs slowly because I was so afraid to fall. In fact, my parents and other people, when I was using my training canes, reminded me not to fall. I didn't really need any reminders because that was already at the top of my mind. I didn't know at the time, but my parents and other people were probably giving me the warning that I didn't need because 
of their own fears and anxieties. I had enough trouble trying to sync up and coordinate my muscles to move in the right direction and at the same speed. I had more muscle control through my arms and hands than in my legs. The quad canes gave me enough stability so that my muscles had enough time to adjust and cooperate. The anxiety and pressure of being prodded along didn't help my already spasming muscles. But remember, this is the 1970s, and the understanding of disabilities was a lot different then. I couldn't really talk because my hierarchy of needs for balance was most important. But over the course of weeks and months of practice in the form of physical therapy and personal training, I slowly learned to pay more attention to how my body was reacting rather than how people were reacting around me. I also learned that physical conditioning can be stronger than my physical condition. I was in a restrictive environment not only because of my muscles, but also because people around me were passing on and transferring their own fears and anxieties onto me. It took me years to lift the physical restrictions I had felt. It took even longer to lift the environmental restrictions others had for me. Self-awareness, self-management, and my own responsible decision-making helped me do that. Experience and practice with my four-pronged training canes and my regular forearm crutches and the supportive people around me helped me to build confidence and competence. It was a process. Have you ever felt restricted because of your environment? How did you manage yourself? How did you manage the environment around you? Do you remember a rite of passage experiences that helped you develop a growth mindset? I hope you enjoyed the 19th episode. Thank you for allowing me to be a voice inside your head. I would love to hear your thoughts. Please share the podcast with someone you know. Also, please rate and review the show. You can listen to the show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you to the listeners who support the show on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group. I invite you to join the group. You can also email the show at thecerebralpodcast at gmail.com or send questions, comments, or ideas for the show. And remember, it takes effort to be vulnerable, be accountable, and be respectful in the way you treat others and yourself. You can be the biggest variable in your life when you take ownership. Now, take hold, engage in your world. You are now leaving the Cerebral Podcast. Words were like, I, I, I never give up.